All right, so I'll say, so good morning. We are picking up today, Mir Hashem. Today is, today is, today is Sunday, the 17th of Kislev. Baruch Hashem, I'll say, one week from today, Erev Chanukah. Today, the 17th of Kislev, December 12th. Sorry, December 11th. Parakir Gilman. So I'll say, we are continuing today, Mir Hashem, in the 13th chapter of Pirkei. I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Pirkei Avos. It's interesting. Okay, Misal Hashem. So I'll say, here we go. Acha Inyanu. So I'll say, so remember again, we left off on Friday. We left off on Friday with Ramchal highlighting this idea or the challenge. What's the challenge? The challenge is we seem to have two competing values. On one hand, we have, we have, we have, the, we have the Torah telling us that Prishos, Prishos, Kedoshim Tiyu, is a, is a powerful and important thing. Separating oneself from certain permissible pleasures, from certain permissible things, is an important and powerful tool for self-actualization and development. Yet, we have competing ma'amare chazal that say, abstaining unnecessarily from the world is all, it's actually sinful. It's actually sinful. So how do we reconcile the two? Right? How do we reconcile this? So here we go. So the Ramchal says, you're right. The truth is, there are many nuanced distinctions here. There's a certain healthy form of precious that we've been commanded to observe. And I will say there are other forms of precious which ultimately are terribly, terribly detrimental that we have to try to avoid. Wow, I will say, you never thought you'd hear those words, right? says, don't be overly righteous. They both say, the Ramchal is understanding that what does it mean don't, don't be overly righteous? In other words, that there's a concept of precious of restricting certain things to myself, even though they're mutter, but not going overboard. Right? That's what he means when it says, Alti Tzadik Harvey. Sometimes they both say, sometimes a person could try, be trying to be too righteous. And the truth is really what it means. It's not that I need to be too righteous. It's ultimately, I'm finding righteousness or piety in the wrong ways. That's really what it means, Alti Tzadik Harvey. So look what he writes. So both says, therefore, the Ramchal is acknowledging this. There's good precious and there's bad precious. So both say, by the way, he's already outlined this. What are the examples of bad precious? The examples of bad precious is toveling in the snow, right? Or in the ice, right? Or fasting excessively, right? So we'll say, so the, those are bad forms of precious. But there's good forms of precious. So he says, let's talk about good precious. So as I remember, again, we already learned in the first chapter of Mesil HaSisharim that everything in this world is a challenge. Right? Remember, remember the Lashon of the Ramchal? This world is one big Mohammed. It's one big war. It's one big battle. So I say, the world is a battle. So we'll say, listen to this. Number one, you have to accept the fact. Life is all about this. He's going on this early in the Sefer. This is so important. Because often we approach life and we think, no, life is tranquil. That's right. Really like the default status, the factory settings of life is tranquility. And so that's why when we encounter turbulence, we become so upset and disillusioned. Why, 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 why are things so difficult? You're wrong. The mindset is wrong. The factory settings of life, I will say, are the challenge. That, that, that's the default. I will say, that's why, by the way, if you have a moment of tranquility or like a day of tranquility, Arab tranquility, man, you have to like roll it around your palate like a fine wine. Like that, that is a gift. Wow, like a, an hour, I will say an hour, 
where like life is as it should be, so to speak, right? No, no, everyone's happy. There's no challenge. There's no problem. No one's sick. No one's suffering. If you have like an hour like that in your life, Rebbe was saying, incredible, incredible. And you, and you have to relish it because life is mechala. Life is mechala. So that's fact one. Fact two says to Amchal, I will say is, we are fickle. In, in any given moment, I'm about like 1.3 seconds away from the commission of a terrible Avera. Right? That, that's, that's like, that's like, my, that's where I'm holding it. I will say, by the way, it's, it's not, don't, don't look at me like that. Right? Like, say, we're all like that. We're all thinking about this. Right? I will say, right? I, I am literally one second away, one second away from doing something terrible. I, I don't mean that I'm ready to do something terrible. I mean that I'm one second away from the ability to do something terrible. Right? That, 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 that I know. That I know. So that's what he says over here. He says, the kirvas daito ala kola rose. So I know I'm literally one second away from committing an Avera. So he says, Right, she has to say, now when I look at life in that, in, through that lens, right, number one, number one, life is a constant milchama, right? Number two, I'm always in any given moment a second away, a second away from committing an Avera. So I will say, see now this constant struggle, I'm fragile and fickle, just always a few moments away from doing something terrible. Now I understand, wow, I really have to create boundaries for myself. I really have to create boundaries. He says, So I say, so now I know, I need to create boundaries. Why do I need to create boundaries? Because if I don't create boundaries, inevitably, there are always going to be some battles in the war of life that I lose. And I recognize how fickle and fragile I am. I need to get it together to ensure that I don't go ahead and transgress. Here's the problem, and here's where the Ramchal really drills down to this. You know what the real challenge in life is? The real challenge in life is, is that any earthly pleasure, permanent pleasure that you engage in, could so easily devolve into something prohibited and illicit. So we'll say, here it is. This is, Ramchal is describing, you want to know what is at the core of the challenge of the human condition? Number one, I'm constantly in battle mode. That's number one. Number two, I'm only like a second or two away from committing an Avera. Number three is that everything I do in life, even the mutter things, the mutter things, could so easily devolve into sinful behavior. I will say he's going to outline this. This is incredible. He says, for example, Derech Marshall, Hamay Chavamishta, eating and drinking, eating and drinking. They will say anything wrong with eating and drinking? Anything wrong with it? No, absolute necessity. I will say, by the way, how do you know there's nothing wrong with it? Because Chazal attached brachas to it, right? You only attach brachas to things that are good. I both say the same way that I make a bracha before I, I shake my lulav and I suck. I make a bracha before I eat different kinds of brachas. But I both say, but the idea is that the act of eating itself is something that can be so sacred. I'm fueling my body. Why does a Jew eat? Why does a Jew eat? Don't say because there's food on the table, right? Why does a Jew eat? A Jew eats because I both say, I'm fueling myself for dynamic life activity. I want to do stuff. I want to accomplish some. Well, again, if you want to accomplish something, there's got to be gas in the tank, right? If I'm running on empty, I can't do anything. I eat because I have things to accomplish in life. That's why Chazal put a bracha before you eat, because it's a sacred act. So he writes, So again, as long as I'm eating kosher food, making brachas beforehand, totally mutter, maybe even a mitzvah. 
Amnam. Milia Keres, Moshech Achar of Prikos. I will say, what's the problem? I will say, when do people tend to get themselves in the most trouble? When the belly is full. Right? When you feel full and satiated, right? I will say, that's often when gaiva kicks in. That's when self-centeredness kicks in. Right? Hungry, hungry people are very humble. Hungry people are very humble. Satiated people tend to get a little bit carried away with themselves. Umishtayayim. I will say, a person drinks wine. We know again, I will say, so again, is there anything wrong with drinking wine? Only if it has a screw top, right? You know, it's like, right? But, 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 but aside from that, right? In other words, the, the act of drinking wine, the act of drinking wine, I will say, again, every Dabr Shabbat Brismila has wine, Chasana has wine, Levias used to have wine, right? I will say, so again, wine is associated with every single life ritual and rite. Yeah, I will say, we know, too much wine, too much wine, forget about it. Worst Taveris. Moshe Achrav has nus, Ushnaminei Roim. Al Koshekain. So, so what do you, isn't this incredible? So now, eating food, eating meat, he's not saying meat, eating food and drinking wine is mutter. It's mutter, right? Not only that, if done in the right way, it's a mitzvah. Yet I will say, just what does it take? One too many pieces of meat, and I'm so satiated that I become a Balgaiva. One too many glasses of wine, and I could commit the worst. So I'll say, this is the challenge. This is the challenge. You see, we always think that, that successful living, okay, as long as I avoid the Averas, I'm okay. But it's not true. It's not true. Even if you're successful in avoiding the Averas, the challenge in life, the constant Mochava, is that even the things that are mutter, even things that are mutter, have with them the possibility to devolve into the most terrible sinful behavior. He goes on and he says, when a person habituates, habituates himself to become very savory with eating and drinking, so listen to this. This is incredible. Let's say a person accustoms himself to a certain quality of life. Right? I only eat certain food of a certain level, drink wine of a certain level. So what happens? If one time he doesn't have the wine he wants, he doesn't have the food that he wants, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. See, I will say what happens, and I will say this is an incredible thing. See, if you accustom yourself to a certain lifestyle, it's not just by meat and wine. If you need to live in a certain kind of house, and you need to drive a certain kind of car, and you need to go to a certain kind of Pesach program, and you need to go ahead and go on a certain kind of vacation, so I say, so what happens now? I've, I've put my standard of living up here. That's great, as long as you're making the money. Right? You're going to make any money? Better, no problem. Well, I'll say, what happens? What happens now? I didn't have such a good year. I'm not making the money. But I've established, I've established my lifestyle up here. Up here. So I'll say, so what happens? You know what happens. No one brings their lifestyle back down. Instead, what happens? Now I'm going to work harder. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep working harder. Then I'll say, so what happens? What happens? What happens now when I start working harder? And I was like, why am I working harder? Why, let's go. why am I working harder? I'm working harder to support a grand lifestyle that's not really all that necessary. But now because that's become my baseline, now that's become my baseline, so I have to support. I will say, you know, What's the difference between luxuries and necessities? Difference between luxuries and necessities? The difference is a day. One day is the difference. Meaning, today's luxuries, 
become tomorrow's necessities. That's how life works. So now what happens? When the Parnassah was going great, no problem. But now the Parnassah is not so great. But now I have to support my lifestyle. So I say, so what happens? So the Amchal starts from the extreme. He says, well, now what's going to end up happening is, now, if I have to cheat to get ahead, I'll cheat to get ahead. I have to go ahead and steal, I'll steal. So say, it's not even, you don't have to get to that level. What's going to say? A person's going to end up working more, more and more and more. And the say, what does more work come at the expense of? What does it come at the expense of? My ruchnius. So now suddenly what's ended up happening is, because I developed for myself a very grand appetite for the material, for the material pleasures of this world, suddenly again I've set my lifestyle at here. So now, I'll say, so now when my money, when my income doesn't match my lifestyle, I have to work harder. Even if I'm not going I'm going to be honest. I have to work harder. And all of that hard work comes at the expense of my ruchnius. Meanwhile, had I not set my appetites here, had I not set my appetites up here, but I would set my appetites maybe just a little bit, a little bit more modestly. Again, enjoy the nice things in life, but set the appetite a little bit more modestly. Perhaps then, when my income situation changed, I wouldn't have had to give up all of my ruchnius to support my grand life. So I will say, what a moser. What a moser. I will say, I wanted to point out to you, this is the great challenge of our dar. Because I will say, there is a sense of unprecedented wealth within Klal Yisrael, and what we do, whether we recognize it or not, is we create a standard of living that is beautiful, that is wonderful. And it's fantastic as long as you can support it. You know when it becomes a problem? You know when it becomes a problem? When you can't support it. And there's an expectation that you're going to support it. And I both say, the expectations today on a, on a Frum family, the expectations are absolutely overwhelming, right? It used to be, that when your children got married, at least maybe you could take a vacation, right? Now I will say again, when your children get married, it's a whole new expectation of support. A whole new, now again, it's beautiful if you could do it. It's beautiful if you could do it. And I will say, but the expectations we've created, expectations we've created on all different levels. I made a joke about the Pesach program. And I will say, do you know that you could solve Claudia Israel's poverty problem if people stop going to Pesach programs for 10 years? I know I put up five, right? Start with five years. Five years. Take all of that money. Create a central tzedakah fund. A central tzedakah fund. Whatever you are going to spend on Pesach. Whatever you're going to spend on Pesach. Just put it in a tzedakah fund. And I'm not saying people should go, but I'm just saying, let's say, but like the grandness and the pressure, by the way, the pressure that people feel to go away by Pesach. I literally had a conversation with someone who came to me and said, I'm struggling. I said to him, wow, you're struggling. I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, can I ask you, what do you need? What do you need the money for? Get ready. Orlando. I said, is that some like Orlando, like Bloom, like the actor? Like, 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 like who, who's, who's Orlando? Who's Orlando? No, Pesach. He said, you don't understand. If I don't go, if I don't go, like my Shalom Bias is gone. If I don't go, my kids are like, what? By the way, there is concept like Tzedakah for things like that. But I will say, but, but, but that, but, but just as I said, that, that's the challenge we're living with today. That's the challenge we're living with, is we create an expectation for ourselves, the neighbor, every, and I will say, the Ramchal says, wouldn't life be so much better if we just create a lower expectation from the beginning? If the expectation is lower from the beginning, then maybe, then maybe, again, when times become tough, which inevitably they do, perhaps you don't feel so much. So I have to stop over here. I know we're a little bit behind. Stop here, say, Shkoyach. Again, beginning of an incredible week. And we'll pick up with this tomorrow. We'll spend a little bit more time. That's just a Mishra's charm. Shkoyach.